The following message is brought to you by Champions Church. For more information, please visit champschurch.com. into the word this morning. As we get into the word, I want to encourage you to look for a couple of things. So we're going to get into the scripture. If you want to write some things down, I think that would be to, to your benefit, to my benefit, that we revisit these passages in our own time and ask God to show us uh, things individually and personally that he's speaking and doing in our lives. There's a few things we're going to find as we get into the word this morning. And one of those things, if you want to write this down, you can write it down. We'll, we'll find out really quickly what's always going on. I mean, there's always something happening in your life. There's really never an idle moment. Something is happening all the time in your life. And as we understand what's always happening in our lives, we can have some understanding uh, that will equip us in how to live, how to make choices, what we need to be aware of. It's really good to know what's always going on in our lives. A second thing we're going to find is how to get Jesus to talk you up. Are you familiar with that terminology, talk you up, right? Like, let's just go back to grade school, and, and you're sitting there, and there's someone that you like, and you go to your friend, and you say, hey, will you go talk me up to that person over there, you know? And what you're wanting them to do is go and, and, and build you up, promote you, you know? Jesus is a great promoter, and there's something in the scripture I want us to see that Jesus uh, is doing on our behalf, how to get Jesus to talk you up, how to get Jesus to promote you. And then the third thing we're going to find is the ultimate solution to any problem. Ultimate solution to any problem. I mean, we deal with problems and issues and situations and circumstances, and there's an ultimate solution to any problem, and I want us to have our eyes turned to that in the Scripture so that we can have our minds and our hearts right as we deal with situations and circumstances that rise in our life. So let's get right into the Word. I want to get into the Word. What's always going on? Now, if you're at my house with a couple of kids, you're going to say noise is always going on or, or it seems like there's constantly activity. But there's something that's always going on in every person's life. Whether you are, are a house filled with children, whether you're an empty nester, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you're a human being on the earth, there's something that's always going on and we need to be aware of it. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles too or you can write down in your notes there, Romans chapter 12, I want to look at verse 21. Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Now, Romans chapter 12, verse 21, it, it reads like this, and then I want us to, to comment on it. It reads like this. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's how the verse reads. Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And when I read this passage, it, it kind of communicates to me that there's constantly something going on in my life. I'm either living in one of two states. There, there's two states of living, and I'm operating in one or the other. I am either overcoming evil with good, or I'm being overcome by evil. One way or another, something is overcoming. There's either sin and corruption and all that it leads to overcoming me, or there's me operating in the authority of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit overcoming evil with good. But one way or another, in your life or in my life, in our lives collectively, something is overcoming. 
in any moment, in any situation, with any choice or decision, something is going to come out on top. It's important for us to understand this because there's something that's at stake. If we don't understand this and we live casually, we could lose something very precious. Let me tell you what I believe is at stake here in the scripture. Uh, you can write it down for your notes, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. It reads like this, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. For by whatever a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. Did you hear that? By whatever a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. I want to word that in, in just more common language. Whatever overcomes you becomes your master. Whatever overcomes you is in charge. Whatever overcomes you is calling the shots. You will become in bondage or enslaved to whatever overcomes you. What that tells me is that in any situation, if something is overcoming, whether it's me overcoming evil with good or evil overcoming me, something is overcoming. What's at stake is my freedom, your freedom. The word says that it's for freedom that Jesus set us free in the first place. And then it goes on to tell us don't go back into slavery. We have choices and decisions every single day to overcome temptation, to overcome evil, to overcome corruption with the good that God has placed in us by His Spirit. We also have the decisions and the choices where we can surrender to that temptation. That trial or tribulation can overcome us and it can take away that freedom that Jesus paid the highest price for us to bring in any situation or in any circumstance. So I want us to live with our eyes open. I want us to be attentive. The Bible uses a word that we really don't use a lot in, in everyday language, and the word is sober. It just means to be alert and to have clear thought, to not be distracted or intoxicated by any outside influence or outside substance. Let's look at the word in a sober way and realize that in any decision that I'm making, my freedom is at stake. I'm either going to overcome this or this is going to overcome me. So I want to give some benefits of overcoming. I mean, Jesus isn't shy about talking about this topic. He talks about overcoming a lot in the scripture. And it's very important for us to see what he's done on our behalf and what he's made available to us through his death and his resurrection and God's exalting him to the right hand of the Father for our sake. We're going to see that in just a moment. But I want to look at benefits of overcoming. When Jesus talks about overcoming, he gives tremendous benefits attached to it. One of those benefits is life. I mean, if we were just to ask the question, how many of you like life? I mean, hands should fly up. I mean, I, I kind of enjoy that, you know. I'll give you a few passages of Scripture, and we're going to find all of these out of the, the early chapters of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, Jesus is speaking about overcoming, and he says, to the one that overcomes... I will grant him to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Well, if there's a list to sign up for that, I'd like to sign up for that, right? I mean, if God is, is handing out servings from the tree of life, if he's saying, hey, listen, line up here, you're going to get a chance to walk through here, pick some fruit and partake, I think I want in on that. But it's interesting to me that this is applied to a certain group of people. I mean, Jesus doesn't just say, hey, God's throwing a, a bash and everyone that shows up is going to get free fruit from the tree of life. He's saying to the one that overcomes, to the one that, that overcomes and isn't overcome by this world, that's the one that will eat of the tree of life. It makes me want to prioritize overcoming in my life. 
It makes me want to pause and stop and look at the temptations that enter into my life and, and re- have a reality check at what's at stake. What's at stake in this situation? If I choose this, what's, what's at stake? If I choose that, what's at stake? It makes me want to pause and be very intentional with my life's choices. Life is at stake. Revelation chapter 2, verse 11, Jesus is still speaking about overcoming. And he says again, he who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. He's talking about eternal life there. It makes me want to, again, prioritize my choices and decisions. I want to be an overcomer. I don't want to be one who's overcome by the things of this world. Rather, I want to be one that by the power of the Spirit of God overcomes those things which, that which wish excuse me, to put me in bondage. I told you before we're going to find out how to get Jesus to talk you up, right? I want to look at that now in the Scripture. How to get Jesus to talk you up. Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus is still talking, and he's talking about overcoming. And he says, He who overcomes will be clothed in a white garment, and I won't blot out his name from the book of life. And I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Jesus will confess your name. He's going to talk about you. I mean, you, that should make you feel pretty special. Jesus is going to stand before the Father and all of his angels, and he's going to say, Hey, what do you think of Preston? I think he's pretty awesome. You know, he's had all kinds of things come his way, and he refuses to give in. He's going to talk you up. He's going to talk me up. Overcoming. I want to be overcomers. Being overcomers brings the benefit of God's promised life and abundant life into our existence here on earth and in in eternity forevermore. Authority is another benefit of overcoming. Now, we all want life. We also all want authority. I mean, any church that I've ever been in, we've trusted God and believed God to operate in the authority of the kingdom of God, to fulfill the scripture and to cast out devils and all those things, which by... By the way, excuse me, the casting out of demons, the casting out of devils is not a spiritual gift. It's the right of every Christian. It's a kingdom right. That authority comes, and it comes as Jesus speaks again in Revelation about overcoming. He says this in Revelation chapter 2. I want to read verses 26 and 27. He who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds until the end. To him I will give authority over all the nations, and he shall rule over them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of the potter are broken into pieces, as I also have received authority from my Father. I mean, if you want to just take that passage and simplify it, you see that the one that overcomes is given authority, authority to rule, authority to rule just like Jesus rules. Every one of those demonic entities that were cast out as Jesus laid his hand on those who were were afflicted, as Jesus spoke to that spirit that afflicted, every one of those things had to respond to Jesus Christ for one reason. He had authority. That's the reason. He had the authority to do it. And what he's promising here is that that same authority that he walks in, that same authority that he has, belongs to those who overcome. He'll give it to you. He'll give it to me. Revelation chapter 3 verse 21 speaks of authority again for the overcomer. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also have overcome and sat down with my father on his throne. 
I mean, a throne is in a, a seat of authority. And it's an amazing thing to me to see the heart of God and to see the heart of our King Jesus, to see the work that God's done on our behalf, that we don't sit by him, we don't sit next to him, but yet throughout the scripture, Jesus is saying, you will sit with me. Some of the passages read that we're seated in Jesus Christ. This is a complete and total sharing of his authority in our lives. It's the reason why Christians are sent out with the same calling and the same anointing that Jesus walked in for years before his death and resurrection. The calling and the anointing for us to go, for us to preach, for us to baptize, for us to cast out devils, for us to cleanse the unclean, for us to heal the sick, for us to raise the dead, because we share the same authority that God gave to him. He who overcomes. Overcoming brings these wonderful benefits. The benefit of life. The benefit of authority. Then the benefit of identity. Identity is a, a deep need in every person's life. And I personally believe that identity is, is a deep need in the church at large, in Christianity. I mean, when you look at some of our best-selling books... You know, written by Christians for Christians. When you look at some of these things, it should tell us what our needs and our issues are, the prevailing needs and issues. I mean, a best-selling book written by a Christian for Christians was a book about having a purpose. Which tells me that a lot of Christians don't feel that they have a purpose. Or they're having a hard time finding what it is. Our identity is important and the scripture reveals our identity in wonderful and powerful ways in overcoming guarantees us this identity that God has blessed us with. I want to give you a few passages of scripture here as we continue to move forward and seeing the benefits of overcoming. Revelation 21 verse 7. I want you to think about this passage in the sense of it being your identity. He who overcomes will inherit these things. These things is the kingdom of God. And I will be his God and he will be my son. Overcoming opens up the door for this identity to be a child of God, to enter in and flood my life. And all the benefits of being his child, to be an heir of his kingdom, to function and operate in all that is of him and all that is his. Overcoming now, as the more that I read, the more that I see in the scripture, the benefits of overcoming, the more I want to intentionally overcome. Revelation chapter 3 verse 12. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of God. He won't go out from it. I will write him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from heaven from my God and my new name. Now that's an interesting thing, right? I mean, let that blow your mind. But I'm not giving that passage of scripture out there to, to weird you out. I'm giving it out there to you for this purpose. God is including us in every aspect of his kingdom. I mean, that new name that will be revealed to us will be revealed to us because we have been overcomers, because we're intentional with our choices and our decisions. I don't think that anyone enters into any of these things casually, but we come to a place where we realize, God, by your mercy, by your grace, by the power of your spirit, let me be intentional with every choice. Let me choose to overcome evil with good and never be overcome by evil. Let me be intentional 
with my words and my thoughts. Let me be intentional with my actions. I can tell you this from my life personally. Every time I failed to be intentional, every time I've been casual, it's not ended well. Me on my own does not get good results. But me intentionally choosing to follow the Holy Spirit's leading, choosing to follow the instructions of our King Jesus, choosing to intentionally make choices and decisions to overcome in a situation has always yielded good results. Again, concerning identity, Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. To him who overcomes... To him I will give some of the hidden manna. Well, some of you are getting hungry, right? Hidden manna sounds pretty good. Can't get that at KFC. And I will give to him a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. I mean, that's really interesting to me that God's got an an identity for me that is unique That's wonderful, that's powerful, that's absolutely uh, special to him and special to me. That will be presented to me. Everything that I think I know about myself, I think I'm Preston Humphreys. I got news for you. He's got a name for me that I've never heard yet. And to be an overcomer, to choose to be intentional with choices and decisions, to follow after the leading of the Holy Spirit, to follow after the instruction of our King, whose name is Wonderful Counselor. If you're going to follow someone's instruction, I would follow the guy whose name is Wonderful Counselor. Choosing to be intentional so that we can overcome evil with good and not be overcome and put in bondage and put in slavery so that we can maintain our freedom that Jesus paid the highest price for, opens up the door for our identity to be revealed to us. To walk in life, the life that Jesus brings, to walk in authority, the authority that Jesus promises, to obtain the identity that God has ordained for for us for all eternity. Overcoming. To be intentional with our choices and our decisions. So I want to ask ourselves, you know, how can we overcome? I mean, it's one thing to hear about it and to get excited about it, to think, you know, I want to be an overcomer. I don't want to be overcome by the things that that tempt me or the things that lead me astray. I don't want to enter into bondage or slavery. But I do, I want to do that. I want to open up the door for life. And and I want to open up the door to walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. And and I want to to open up the door to walk in my identity as, as God's child. I want to be an overcomer. I want to look at some of the things that the scripture instructs for us to to do, to put to practice, to celebrate. I mean, the word has some wonderful instruction for us. I mean, one of the passages of scripture that we stand upon, we, we sang earlier in a song. We sang that we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. There's a line in the song that we delivered. That line is, is straight out of the scripture, out of the book of Revelation. And it's a wonderful and powerful truth to consider that passage of Scripture, that overcoming is the result of the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. Well, the blood of Jesus is easily defined in the sense that it's God's forgiveness and pardon of all sin. I mean, that means that the things that once held us in bondage and controlled us no longer have any control. That's a wonderful thing. And then I want to ask myself, what is the word of our testimony? I mean, what is that? I mean, obviously, it's your testimony, and you could say what your testimony is. You could say, well, you know, I was 
uh, hit rock bottom and I thought that it was all over and I was ready to call it quits and then, you know, then I heard the gospel and, and Jesus touched my heart and everything turned around. I mean, that's your testimony and it's a wonderful and powerful thing. But I want to ask why? Why is it powerful? Why is your story so powerful that it can produce overcoming, which produces life and authority and identity in the kingdom of God? Why is your story so precious? I mean, what is my testimony? I could sit and give you my testimony, tell you the story of, of how I was ruining my life and, and how there was a point of surrender that God had ordained and, and it was just a wonderful, powerful moment where I felt everything change and, and old things that were once there were gone and then new things come. I could tell you that story. But why is that story powerful? Why is it that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony? My testimony is the effects of the blood of the Lamb in my life. That's what it is. Your testimony is the effects of the blood of the Lamb in your life. The blood of the Lamb, Jesus shedding His blood on the cross to, to make atonement for all sin once and for all, to remove the wrath of God, to relieve all affliction and all bondage and all captivity. Jesus' work on the cross is this wonderful and powerful thing. Now my testimony is the effects of that work in, on, and through my life. We're not just laying claim to some doctrine like you belong to a church that believes in something. We're celebrating a work that God's done on our behalf that's alive and active in and through your life right here and now. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, but not by the blood of the Lamb alone, by the blood of the Lamb active and effective in your life. To come and to sit and to proclaim the power of the blood of the Lamb, but not have any effect of it in your life, would not be to live a life of overcoming. And there are Christians everywhere that sit in churches and speak of the blood of the Lamb or hear of the blood of Jesus, but yet have no effect of it in their lives. And I want us to pursue a lifestyle that desires to see the effects of the work of Jesus Christ in every aspect of our being. And it's revealed in our choices. It's revealed in the decisions that we make, the attitudes that we walk in, how we carry ourselves and conduct ourselves in fellowship with one another. Every aspect of our living is an opportunity for the blood of the Lamb to be effective in our person, in our being. I want to give you a few passages of Scripture here as we're pursuing how we can overcome. 1 John chapter 5, I want to read verses 4 and 5. The passage reads like this, 1 John chapter 5, beginning in verse 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? but he who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I mean, there's a need for us in every situation, in every circumstance, to be reminded that Jesus Christ is King. That Jesus Christ has brought ultimate authority and victory. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter what the circumstance. It doesn't matter where it comes from. It could be a, a, a self-inflicted wound. It could be a situation where there's absolute hell in a household. You could feel like marriage is about to fall apart. You could feel like business is about to crumble. It doesn't matter what the problem is. 
Focusing on this truth is the gateway, the beginning, step one to overcoming. And that's that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and he's enthroned. And nothing's going to change that. That his kingdom will never be shaken. When we position ourselves with that understanding, we position ourselves to overcome. Who's the one that overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? For me to overcome in any situation, I must first put position my heart and my mind to overcome by believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. By believing that Jesus Christ has overcome. By believing that Jesus Christ gave his life in my place, that he rose from the grave, that he's ascended to heaven, and that his position as King of kings and Lord of lords will never change. It's an amazing thing to adopt that mentality. You know, we come into church and we speak of God and we talk of things, and I want to offer a different thought process, and I think that it helps to live a life of overcoming. I think it helps to live a life of intentional thinking and choices and decisions. To not simply think about Jesus as God, but to think about Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. To think about Jesus as your King. It's very helpful for us. And it's in the scripture so powerfully and so prominently, I, I, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around on how easily overlooked Jesus' identity as king is for most believers. I want you to consider for a moment his, his death, the crucifixion. Uh, you can find it in the Gospels. You can find it in the Psalms. You can find it in the prophets, Isaiah. It's written of throughout the entire Bible, but you see it recorded in a historical fashion. It's recorded in the Gospels as, it, as the event is unfolding. And you see this record of, of the crucifixion. You see the arrest and all of the, the, the trial and the beatings. And all of the beatings involve the, this, this horrible and horrific mocking and taunting. I remember when I was born again, the first time I read it, I just sat there reading it and wept at the mocking and the spitting and all of the humiliation that's going on. And as Jesus is being beaten down and as he's being dressed up like a king, they put a blindfold over his head, which don't picture, you know, a comfy eye mask like, I'm going to go to sleep now. They probably threw a sack over his head and then took turns whacking him and said, you're a prophet, tell us which one hit you. Spitting and beating and mocking and cutting and his flesh being torn and all of this horrific situation that's going on there. There's one thing that took place that's easily confused with all of the mocking. And they put the garment around him and they put the crown of thorns on his head and then they, they took those things and they took him and they nailed him to the cross and they hung him up for all to see where he would hang there and die. And a sign was placed overhead that said this is the king of the Jews something happened when they put that sign up I mean everybody that wanted Jesus dead pitched a fit none of these people pitched a fit when they put a, a purple garment on him and none of these people pitched a fit when they put a crown of thorns on him and none of these people pitched a fit when they mockingly kneeled before him and then smacked him none of these people pitched a fit when they said your highness and spit on him. None of these people pitched a fit until that sign went up. You know why? That sign wasn't a mockery. That sign was true. Jesus was identified to all of the world for all time 
as a king. A king of a kingdom that will never be shaken and never pass away. And when he came out of the grave, he proved to everyone that his kingdom will never be handed down or passed down because he's not going anywhere. But his kingdom is everlasting. Seeing Jesus as my king helps me to make intentional choices to know that I have a king who's righteous, who's just. I have a king who's never going to lose his kingdom. And I have a king who's willing to give me his instruction in this matter. And if I can take my king's instruction and put it to practice in this matter, I will overcome. If I can take my king's instruction and apply it to my marriage, I will overcome. If I can take my king's instruction and apply it to my business, I will overcome. If I can take my king's instruction and apply it to my ministry, I will overcome. If I can take my king's instruction and apply it to all of my many, 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 many issues, and you know I've got a lot, I'll overcome. If I can take my king's instruction and apply it to my life, I'll be walking in that formula of the blood of the lamb and the effects of the blood, the blood of the lamb and my testimony. His power and his authority will produce an effect in my life that'll be a story worth telling. It'll lead to overcoming and all the benefits that come with life and authority and identity. Jesus writes again about overcoming. In John chapter 16, in verse 33, he says, These things I speak to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have problems. Can you say problems? Yeah, in the world you've got problems. But then Jesus says this, But don't be afraid, for I have overcome the world. I stand on that passage of Scripture when I'm making intentional choices. Jesus, you're my king, and I want your instruction because I know you've overcome this. That means you know what to do. You've been here. You've done this. Don't let me try to figure it out on my own and have it blow up in my face. But I stand upon your word of truth. I won't be afraid. I'm coming to you for counsel because you've overcome the world. And then there's something wonderful that takes place as we begin to function and operate with the blood of Jesus active in our lives. The very Spirit of God poured out in us and through us for the purpose of living our lives in a godly way and expanding the kingdom of God. We can live out our lives in such a way that we carry the ultimate solution, the solution to any problem, any situation, any circumstance. We know that what we carry produces results. We know that no matter what force is trying to overcome us, we can be overcomers. I want to close with this passage of Scripture. I mentioned before we'd find the ultimate solution. I'd like for you to take it down in your notes. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. As John's writing this, he's writing it to Christians. He's writing it to believers just like you. And inspired by the Holy Spirit, he writes these words of truth. He says, you are from God. You're from God, little children, and you have overcome them, them being the things that, is in, that are in the world, excuse me. You are from God, little children, and you've overcome the things that are in the world because, here's the reason why we overcome, because greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world. 
This is a great and terrifying passage of Scripture to me. A great and terrifying passage of Scripture, and I'll let you know why. Great because I know that no matter what leans against me, no matter what pushes against me, no matter what is attempting to overcome me, I can stand on this truth that the Spirit of God, the power of God, the authority of Jesus Christ, all of the effects of the blood of the Lamb are greater. No matter how big the issue gets, no matter how big the challenge becomes, no matter how massive that mountain is, I can always look at it and say, He's greater. He's greater. He's greater. Jesus is greater. Well, it's getting worse. Doesn't matter because Jesus is greater. Well, look at it now. It's getting pretty huge. Doesn't matter. He's still greater. Doesn't matter how big that issue or that challenge becomes. We can always stand on that truth. He's greater. That's the great part about that. Now, the reason why this verse can be terrifying to me is because this passage of Scripture, for me personally, and I don't want to burden anyone with anything, but I do want to share this with you. This passage of Scripture, for me, removes all excuses. For that very same reason, no matter how big the problem is, no matter how provoked, no matter how tormented, no matter how tired, no matter how weary I become, all excuses are removed because the truth is greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. It means there's never an excuse for me to give in. It means there's never an excuse for me to fall or fail, which positions me to have to take responsibility and repent for all those times where I've loved to point the finger and say, boy, but they did this. Well, they were asking for it. Well, they, they just should have known better. And the truth is God has equipped me with what is greater the very presence, authority, and power of his kingdom through Jesus Christ inside of me and inside of you. And as we live out our lives, there's absolutely no reason why we can't overcome in any situation, any circumstance, any temptation, all because of Jesus. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. As you have an opportunity to stand there, I want to pray over us and I want to ask God to do something great in our hearts and in our minds. I want us to become the most intentional people with our choices and our decisions. And it may sound silly and it may seem a little cumbersome, but I want to just offer this as an idea. I mean, what if we were to ask ourselves, when we were making choices and making decisions, what if we were able to pause with every choice and every decision and simply ask the question, Am I overcoming or am I being overcome? Before I watch this, am I overcoming or am I being overcome? Before I listen to that, am I overcoming or am I being overcome? Before I get drawn into that conversation or that conflict, am I overcoming or am I being overcome? If we could create that discipline, if we could, could have that mentality, if we could prioritize what God's word is revealing to us and come to a place where our choices were intentional, I have to believe that those intentional decisions and choices would lead to a lifestyle of overcoming, opening up the door for life and authority and identity and all the promises that we read about.
I want to ask God to produce in us a, a mentality, a renewal of the mind that would, would operate and draw on patience to not act so casually, to not act so hastily, but to pause and to ask that question, am I overcoming or am I being overcome? There where you stand, I simply want to pray. If you have any desire to receive that work in your heart or your mind this morning, you can just simply be in a state of receptivity. God is a giver of gifts. Father, we bless your name and we thank you for your goodness. We stand before you having received your word. And we ask, Father, we ask now for something to take place in us. A transformation that we would never be the same that we would constantly be growing and maturing in your kingdom, being raised up and led in the way that you've called us to go. And we thank you that we have hope to overcome in all adversity, in all trial, in all tribulation. We rejoice that you have placed uh, your spirit within us, that you have bestowed the authority of our king upon us, that we can truly stand and identify truthfully and rightly that greater is he who is in us than that which is in the world. And let our hearts and our minds be given to this truth and bring us to a place of intentional decision-making, intentional choices. We call upon you to impart the patience necessary that we would not be so casual in our thinking, in our decisions, in our words, in our speech, in our actions. But let there be a work done in our mind and our heart that would bring us to pause and ask, are we overcoming or are we being overcome? And let us be a people who, with all that you have bestowed upon us in your generosity and your faithfulness, who refuse to be overcome by the things of this world, but who can stand firm upon your word, filled with faith that you have given us all that we need to have victory in every aspect of our living. Let that prevail in our thinking. Let it prevail in our hearts and our attitudes. And let it be revealed through our words and our actions. That as you look upon us as your children, and as the world looks upon us as the saints, let them see overcomers walking in the fullness of your life, in the fullness of your authority, and in the fullness of the identity that you've bestowed upon us. We bless your name and give you thanks for this mighty work. And we ask, Father, that as we make choices intentionally to overcome, that you be glorified and exalted in each one. We say thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from Champions Church. We invite you to join us this Sunday for our celebration worship service. For more information, please visit us at champschurch.com.